I think things started to notice me that I was leaving. And because of that, I started to get visitations by different types of being in that space, whatever that space is, you know, we can call it the astral world or whatever dimension. Um, for me, it's just the place you go when you leave your body. Right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Welcome everybody to Higher Journeys. I am so excited today because finally, at long last, I get to have somebody who I've actually known for quite a few years now, but has not been on the show, Jason Quit. I have to tell you, Jason, I think I'm having a bit of a Mandela effect because there's a part of me that feels like you have been on this show before. Am I talking about another timeline or what? <laughs> I, I think that when we've gotten together in person, we kind of get into this whole mix of things. So that, you know, just us talking in person is like a show. It so maybe be. that's it. Yeah, it could be. Maybe I had secretly pressed record and secretly produced it and played. I don't know. But, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Journeyers, Mandela effects. Maybe we'll talk about that, too. Look, we got a whole bunch to, to handle today. And I was saying to Jason, Jason's got a brand new book out called Egyptian Postures of Power, Mysticism, Movements, and Meditations. We're going to get into that more toward the latter part of the show, Jason. But I want to make this sort of a long prelude as to why this book is going to be so important for uh, those of us uh, watching and listening today. That has to do with some of the more shadow aspects of reality that whether we like it or not, many of us are dealing with. We're talking about this idea of dream, what I'm calling infiltration, shadow being phenomena of which is ubiquitous, I feel, as well as what I'm calling the matrix overlay. Those are three very heavy concepts. Some of you may be saying, eh, I don't think so. Others of you may be saying, I understand because I'm going through some of that now. Jason, I want to begin at the beginning for you because I know you haven't been on the show before. I know a lot of you know your story, but for those that don't, perhaps you could give as best you can an abbreviated version of your sojourns into this other world and some of this that you have gone through. And then we'll kind of graduate into some of these themes that we're going to touch on. So I'm going to let you have at it. Sure. Um, I would just say that... Um... I've been having these experiences my whole life. Um, my earliest memories are memories of leaving uh, my body or past lives or having a, um, a shadow figure in my room as a child, which would stand in the closet. And, you know, you can call it like a typical poltergeist type of thing where as a child, I would uh, be very scared to go to sleep, obviously. <laughs> and, um, I would make sure my closet door was closed. It was uh, right in front of my bed. So I had full view of this closet. And at nighttime, this closet would open up by itself, get very scared. And when I peered into the closet, there would be a figure in there that I really couldn't make any detail out of. It looked like um, a shadow with form. And... Um, I'll jump right ahead until uh, my early 20s when this really started to pick up and it started with a sleep condition called um, sleep paralysis, 
where I'd be laying in bed at night or not laying in bed, I'd be sleeping at night and suddenly I'd be awoken um, out of a dream or out of a sleep and something wouldn't be right. I would be frozen. My body would be completely paralyzed in bed. And the only thing that I can do at that moment is basically use my mind to basically try to scream or will my body to wake up. Um, these are very uh, scary um, experiences. And um, scientists say that basically um, there is um, a percentage of the population that does experience this at least once in their lifetime. And what they say, it's a mechanism in the brain that shuts the body off while you're dreaming so that you don't um, physically act out your dreams while you're sleeping. So it's a, um, a physical mechanism um, that we all have. Uh, but for me, this was happening. It started to happen quite often. And I started to get very, um, not only scared, but comfortable in these conditions because it was happening so much. And I started to get this kind of sense that I wasn't alone in the room when these events were occurring. So I could kind of feel something in the room with me as I start going into the sleep paralysis. So obviously your mind goes into um, panic and fear. And because, you know, we all grow up with uh, TV and, and the movies and sci-fi, I automatically thought this was like alien abduction or demonic possession. So obviously I became very religious very quickly. <laughs> I started to pray all the time because I thought that that was the answer to get me out of this. Um, but something else happened is that when I was in these sleep paralysis conditions, it felt like I had two distinct bodies at that moment. My physical body became like my sarcophagus, my tomb. And I had this other body within my body. And the interesting thing about this is that my other body inside, I could move it around. So I can feel myself kind of shifting inside my physical body, kind of banging like in a, in like in a tomb to wake up or to get out. And one night I just completely had enough of this. And I was like screaming in my body to wake up. I was, you know, shuffling back and forth inside to try to wake myself up. And I shook so hard that I popped myself out of my body. And uh, this, I would say, would be my first out-of-body experience in this type of scenario. And it was exactly like what people describe in a near-death experience. I popped out of my body. I was above the bed. I looked down. I could see myself laying down in the bed. Um, I was straight as a board on my back. And the freaky thing is my eyes were opened in the bed. <laughs> so... Um, but then I realized um, that I wasn't alone in this in this scene. And at the foot of my bed, there was um, a tall shadow-like being that I could only describe as what people describe um, a grim reaper looking like. It was this giant shadow that looked like it was wearing a dark cloak um, 
it wasn't holding a sickle or anything. It was just this figure. And almost immediately the reality set in that did, did I just die? You know, I, you hear all these stories. I'm out of my body. I'm looking at myself and I see this figure in the room just standing there. Um, that moment was a real dose of reality. And it scared me so much that I actually got sucked right back in my body. And, I, you know, I woke up with my heart pounding. And then after that experience happened, my sleep paralysis ended. It was like leaving my body was the moment that sleep paralysis ended for me. But since that moment, it was like a door opened up for me. And that door was uh, the access to being able to leave my body again. Um, I knew what it felt like. I knew how to kind of, you know, uh, in astral travel, they call it like rolling out. I knew how to kind of push myself or will myself out of the body. And uh, by having that experience, uh, the interesting thing is, I, it wasn't just terrifying. It was almost like getting a glimpse of another reality that was more real than this reality. And ever since that happened to me, there is this fire of curiosity that always made me want to do it again. It's like you get like a taste of it and you're saying to yourself, well, you know, I just... I know it's not a dream. I know I'm not hallucinating. This is like a smack in the face of reality that I've never experienced. I have to attempt to do it again. And that's what I started to do. And the interesting thing is there are certain moments where you're falling asleep. And it's like, it's almost like uh, the body starts to shut down. So you start going through these stages of going to sleep. And there's a stage between waking and dreaming or waking and sleep. And it's a very small window, but it's like in that window, the body shuts down. So it enters into its own paralysis, let's say, because your body does it naturally. But the mind is aware and suddenly the astral body or the ka body, whatever you want to define it as, has this moment of awakening. So if you can kind of connect in that short window of time and then push yourself out, you can have this experience. And this is what people explain in astral traveling or, or leaving their body. So I started to practice this and um, it worked. I was able to do it, um, but I was very fearful. <laughs> very fearful because in the back of my, my mind, I was thinking, um, you know, if I went too far away from my body or if I stayed out too long, would I be able to come back? Will I, or someone is just going to say, oh, Jay died in his sleep, you know? So that was always a fear in the back of my mind. So at first um, I would just stay in my room. Um, I wouldn't venture out anywhere. I would just kind of stay in my room. Um, 
And it's a very different experience. Uh, you know, a lot of people describe it like as a body and, um, you know, you have this cord. I did not experience that. You didn't see the cord. I was going to ask you about that. No, yeah. no, I didn't see the cord, which made me even more fearful. <laughs> right. Because we you know? believe that the cord is what keeps us somewhat tethered to this reality and alive. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I never have seen that. Um, maybe it's just me or I, I don't know. I just, I've never seen that. Um, but there's, it's, it's weird because there's, I don't know if the mind controls it because when you're out of your body, it's like you're a field. All right. That's the only way I could describe it. It's like a field, uh, an orb type of thing. Um, you have 360 vision. You can't speak. All right. You know, you're not breathing. It's a completely different way of um, experiencing mm -hmm. whatever that world is. Um, you can like zoom in and out of things. So let's say there's something across the room, let's say like a crystal, just by me putting my attention there, suddenly it's like a zoom. So I could like zoom right into it and keep going as far into that crystal as I want. And then I can zoom back out. Uh, an interesting thing is, you don't necessarily have to leave your body to have this sight. Um, and I was practicing this a lot. Um, basically, um, I could be sleeping in bed and I could feel like a presence or an entity or a shadow, whatever you want to call it, enter the room. It was almost like there was this thing that awakened in me where it was like a security guard. So my, my astral sight or body could just stick its head up out of the body. So I don't have to leave, but as I'm sleeping with my head in the pillow and I notice something, it's like I could turn, I could tune into that 360 vision while sleeping and look around the room to mm -hmm. see who's there. You know, and if it's something that has to be dealt with, then I can step out completely, but I can just kind of peer out just a little. So there's all these little nuances. Right. <laughs> Of, of learning how to do this. Um, so back to, um, I didn't want to leave my room, you know, and over time, the only thing I can say is, um, I think things started to notice me that I was leaving. And because of that, I started to get visitations by different types of being in that space, whatever that space is, you know, we can call it the astral world or whatever dimension. Um, for me, it's just the place you go when you leave your body. I have there, nobody in that world has ever defined it for me. They've never said this is this dimension or this is that dimension. I've never heard any, names associated to these places. Um, and these beings would come to me and at first they wouldn't speak to me. Uh, there's no communication whatsoever. They looked like invisible. How do I describe this? It's like you can see the outline of them. It's almost like the movie predator where it's like, you can kind of see the, the outline of their structure, but you can't really see them. It's almost like they're invisible. Like a silhouette, right? Like, yeah. 
that's but it's not a shadow not a shadow it's like yeah like a, like just a, a silhouette um and at first these are the first type of beings that started to come to me and they would take me out of my body um and i could use the word forcefully because i didn't have a choice <laughs> all right so I, I could be sleeping dreaming or whatever condition I was in. And then suddenly I'd feel something reach for me, yank me out. So I wasn't projecting myself. I was literally being pulled out of my body. Were you resisting Jason, when this was at this stage of it? When oh, I, it, I couldn't resist. It was almost like I had zero power to do anything. And like I said, even when I was praying, it was, it was, it was still happening. Um, so, <laughs> But uh, so these were the first experiences. And what they would do is they would pull me out and they would shoot me up into outer space. And, you know, I could see the planet. And then it's almost like that uh, Google, you know, Earth thing where it's like you see the planet and then you go right down into a location, mm -hmm. zoom in really, really fast. Uh, that's what it was like. And they would drop me off. So all I could say is they dropped me off in different locations um, on the planet. And when I would land, I would be experiencing or observing whatever was happening in that location they dropped me. And the only thing I could say is um, that was not our time. What do you mean? I mean, it's, um, it was almost like what they were showing me has either happened in another timeline or it's a future timeline because it's, it's, it's like um, showing like prophetic events, basically. I see. Okay. Um, luckily I have not seen any of those things come true, which is great. <laughs> yeah. can, but, can I, yeah. can I stop you here? Because of you're course. giving this so much and I'm some of the things that you're saying, I recall reading in your most excellent intro to to this new book, uh, Egyptian Postures of Power. This one, I, I didn't even go any farther than that because I'm like, this is a conversation. You mentioned that, that, uh, and, and maybe it wasn't even in the book, but a previous interview I saw of you where you talked about these beings showing you what would seem like prophetic events. This is where we, we may want to go right into the matrix. And, and forgive me, because I know you could go on just with your story forever, but I want to try to zone in, zoom okay. in if, forgive the pun, <clears throat> on some of these elements and who's at the control panel, if you will, in terms of these beings. Let's, if we can, if it's not too soon, maybe segue to that a little bit. You are sure. seeing these different events mm -hmm. that appear to be real, perhaps another timeline, perhaps something that we would invariably see in our future, but were they? What are your thoughts on that? Was there someone at the control panel um these, these are the questions obviously i've been thinking about for 20 years um with no satisfying answers mm. and um you know there's there's things in the back of my mind where it's um seeing um destruction of the planet um, seeing horrible things has an effect on you and it's an effect that 
cannot be met. It's, it's a life changing effect. That's all I can say. It's like, if you go to bed one night, you have these things happen to you. The next morning that you wake up, you're a different person. I mean, that night changed you forever. And I think if that's all it is, then that's, then that's even a huge impact as well. Absolutely. Because I wasn't the same. And I was very scared, very fearful. Um, because, you know, when we look at the world today, there is many indicators where the earth can go in that direction very easily. And I think that if there is an intelligence out there that is beneficial to us or is trying to help us see us through the future, they need to kind of show us what could happen if we enter those paths. Um, so for me, it is very realistic that those things that I saw could come to pass. Also, they can just be warnings, you know, but it really set me on this path of trying to understand what is going on, why um, we're not taught certain things, we're not told certain things, um, things like these are demonized. Um, look, I, if you knew me before this, <laughs> and then you knew me after this, it's quite the change in my life. And I think that's also part of the point because I literally was a, a 360, 360 or 180, I don't know, complete turnaround mm -hmm. of my life to try to, it's like I was at the time, I was, I was fresh out of college. I was uh, with my best friend. We opened up a recording studio. I was having like the time of my life. Honestly, I was like, you know, you go back to that time, like, oh my God, I, I did that life. And then suddenly all these things started to happen to me and I left the studio. I left my profession and I went um, into energy medicine. I went to, to um, I took courses in um, energy medicine for two years. Then I went um, to start studying Algonquin shaman with uh, a native medicine man here up in Ottawa. Um, like, Going from that to that, it was a, a complete twist. And this was in 2000, and I think I made the decision around 2004 to do that. And that was just before the time of YouTube, okay? So, you know, everybody's, like, getting their information from YouTube today. Um, what did I do? <laughs> You know, I went to um, um, Indigo Chapters, uh, the bookstore, basically, and I would go into the uh, the spiritual section and try to find any books that I possibly could that can try to explain, you know, what was happening to me. You know, so that's how I kind of got into this whole path. Yeah, honestly. Before I lose this thought, I mean, this yeah. is so rich, uh, Jason, and I thank you so much for, and I could, I can feel your sort of reliving this whole 
chronology of your life as you're talking. I hear it in your voice. This idea, let's see how I can <clears throat> ask this question. This idea of being, a, by, by seeing something that could possibly or potentially be a future that's not too pleasant, as an example, you talk about how visceral an experience that is and how much that rocks your world. Now imagine, because there are a lot of other people, I think you probably know, that have reported similar events. In fact, it seems as if there's a sort of an uptick in these sort of prophetic type dreams lately. Not really a surprise with all that's going on, but nonetheless, imagine if all of those individuals having those dreams are being affected like you are emotionally. Here's my question. This is a, I'm going to just throw it way out. Being that we are tethered both to the earth and we are conscious creatures could the emotional how can i put this the emotional state that this leaves us with could we be a catalyst in seeding the possibility of the play out of these things just by virtually experiencing it grounding it with that emotion i mean let's I, i'm i'm getting a little not conspiratorial, but controversial in terms of mm -hmm. the power that we wield without our even realizing it. I, I happen to feel that emotion moves things, can create realities and destroy them. Absolutely. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I do. It's almost like having an intelligence convince you the world is going to end. And then you say, well, what's the point? Let's end it anyways. Something like that. Or... Yeah. Let's take the Sethian, you know, philosophy. You create your own reality. Well, yeah. if this is a catalyzing situation, if it's acting as the catalyst, we're creating that reality collectively, even subconsciously, subliminally, by yes. virtue of our being the conduit or the catalyst. Yes. Which is pretty and, tricky. And what really gets me about this is the whole type of uh, apocalyptic type mindset that uh, many uh, mainstream religions have had for thousands of years. Uh, and basically saying that they're waiting for the Messiah to come. They're waiting for uh, the second coming to come. Um, and to do this, to have this type of apocalypse, this awakening, unveiling, um, basically the world has to be at the brink of disaster before there's any intervention. So you get uh, religious uh, zealots with a belief that uh, basically um, to inflict as much conflict and chaos as possible to set off the prophecies to get um, the apocalypse to roll, you know, and that is <laughs> an extremely uh, scary thought that people actually believe that this is the way forward. Um, so I think that this type of thinking has been with the human race for thousands of years. It's not just a few people getting these things. In fact, um, a lot of the things in the Bible are from dreams and prophecy. So it's almost like these same type of things happen generation over generation for thousands of years, and it has not stopped. Um, so it's a very difficult question to answer, but I have to say that I did get those experiences to stop. So, um, and like I said, I, I 
when all these things are happening, you know that if you tell people, you know, it's, it's not good for you. All right. Um, I remember telling a friend of mine what had happened to me and what I saw, like, you know, the, the detail. And that person never looked at me the same again, hmm. you know? So like I knew that I couldn't express these things um, because either people would think I'm crazy or just making this stuff up or, you know, why is Jay saying this stuff? Yeah. Well, you know, we, yeah. Um, so there's also that type of emotional strain because um, you know, the world we live in, you know, the views of people um, and you know that what you're saying is unacceptable <laughs> to the mass population. So um, I really did um, hold it back a lot, which was not good for my emotions and my mental state of being. Um, but to get back to this whole uh, concept of, of seeding this type of stuff in the human population, um, it's, it's interesting because it depends on the person. It's almost like a test. It's like, I'm going to show something to you. And then I'm going to observe how you integrate that information. Mm -hmm. All right. Because I know people um, who, let's say they were visited by an angel. Suddenly their entire identity is they are chosen by God. And suddenly they're on this mission, you know, as um, we don't know the reason behind that. Um, but I, I think if I didn't have the background of what happened to me in my childhood, I think seeing those things, and it's not just a dream, like, you know, people kind of confuse, okay, this is like, like a dream. No, this is not like a dream. This is something literally pulling you out of your body out of a dream. So you're dreaming in bed and suddenly violently something pulls you out and takes you and you're conscious of it and then leaves you somewhere and you don't know what's happening if you're here forever did they just leave you somewhere like what's going on so it's this whole mental emotional thing of this is not supposed to happen to you all right it's like uh um it just goes against <laughs> your freedom basically, or your will. Um, but to get back to that, all it did for me was make me more sensitive to others. It made me more sensitive to my footprint on the earth. Um, it opened me up to different ideals, you know, so it had, even though it was a terrible experience, it changed me in a very positive way. Where if somebody else was taken the exact same as me, it could have ruined their life completely. I don't think that's hypothetical, Jason. I think that has happened 
And I have to just say, if if I may just interject, as I'm listening to this incredible journey of yours, what I keep hearing is choice, choice, choice. Jason quit, made the choice rather to shove it under a rug. He decided to explore rather than shut it down. He decided to wield the power, whatever this is, to understand, because I think you knew and know intuitively that it is designed for you, Jason Quit, to do just that where others, and it's no fault of their own. Uh, because I believe millions of people are having experiences similar to this. There's so you know, but this was yours to to explore and hopefully help others to, uh, to it, have courage to explore as well. Yeah, and it kind of makes me feel kind of bad in a way because I do get a lot of emails from people um, telling me that things are happening to them similar ways or not so similar ways, but things are happening to them like this. And every person is an individual. There's no blanket answer for what's the truth to you. You know, I can't tell you what's going to happen next to you. I can't tell you if it's going to be positive or negative, you know? Um, and it's, it's kind of disheartening for me because um, the only thing I can do is kind of share the road that I walked and hopefully there's information in there that's usable for people that are going through that. Uh, that's the most I can do. And then I can give them the information that was given to me on how I could help myself, which we'll get into um, afterwards as well. Absolutely. Well, this is a great time. I think we're going to take a little bit of a break. Take a pause, everyone. Go grab a glass of water. Of course, you can press pause because this is pre-recorded. But when we come back uh, from this short break, I really now want to move into this idea of the infiltration or interference within the dreamscape. And I know that's a big one. It's related but it's, there's some nuanced differences there that uh, I think there's a lot of meat to. So when we come back from this break, on the other side of it, we're going to get into dream infiltration. You're watching Higher Journeys, and my guest, finally, is Jason Quit. Be right back. If you're enjoying this episode, along with all of the subjects that we cover here on Higher Journeys, then I invite you to join our members-only community on Patreon, where we go even deeper into the conversations with the guests that you know and love. Not only does your membership ensure that we can keep this work going and growing, but you'll also get immediate access to our exclusive after shows. Get up close and personal with the guests of the show, along with many other member perks. So click on the link below to join now or visit higherjourneys.com where you'll find the Patreon link. We'll see you on the journey. Thanks. Welcome back, everyone. You're watching or listening to Higher Journeys with my special guest, Jason Quit. We're talking about the incredibly enigmatic world of, um, well, what would we call it? The anomalous, the the paranormal that is really normal. I heard you say something, Jason, in a 2019 interview where you said the paranormal is normal. What's not normal is the society that we are living in. What's not normal <laughs> is the society we're living in. You said that a little before the world turned upside down. What do you have to say now? <laughs> That's not. Oh, my. Yeah. Right. I say, I say there's no more conspiracies anymore. No. Uh, the well, world is put... theories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave that there. But y'all know what we're talking about anyway. But this is 
not only Jason quits normal, I have a feeling it's your normal too. what we're talking about today. Dream infiltration, which we're going to get into right about now. This idea of the possibility of an overlay of matrix-like reality, as well as shadow beings. They're all somewhat intertwined, Jason. I want to get into this idea of we have dreams every night. Many of us say we don't remember them. But some of the dreams that we do can be hellacious or just really bizarre. The idea that something or someone or some faction or some beings may be influencing our dreams, directing them, including taking us out of our body and plunking us down somewhere else in another timeline. How real is that for you? I want to get into that. How, how real is that for you? For me, that's reality. And uh, it's not just our dreams that are being influenced. It's also our thoughts and our ideas and our also our emotions are being played with. Um, and it's, it's a very large subject. It's very complicated. And a lot of people have different ideas of the who, when, and why's of this. Uh, I'm going to try to break it down to how I understand it. And first, you have to understand, um, you know, who you are. And they say that when you're born into this life, uh, you take with you um, certain qualities, um, identities, memories from your past life to help give you experience. So that is innate. So you come into this life with this innate knowledge. And you also come in with... Um, the karma that you have accumulated, which is also experience. And then on top of that, your family gives you their lineage. So your family line, your ancestry, they pass down to you what they've been carrying as well. So you have your stuff, and now you have your family stuff to deal with. And this all makes up our energetic matrix blueprint or whatever you want to define it as and then you come into this world and you have this kind of world mind this collective consciousness and that collective consciousness starts out with the family unit so how do you identify with your family who's your family and then what traditions and culture is passed down through that family so you have um, your identity through your religion so then that matrix is basically placed on top of you and then on top of that you have your nationalism all right where are you born you know are you american you know go usa go canada you know whatever country you're in you start to identify as the the nation that you feel connected to and then you as the individual with these matrices around you have to navigate through experience trying to find your own identity so then through all of this stuff that's put on you you're developing who you are um, through all these different um, what you would call matrixes um, so that's a lot of different influences now if we get spiritual here um, in this concept I view it as reality 
many people may say it's, you know, it's a psychological way of defining or explaining this. But our thoughts, our mind, let's call it um, a dimension. There's a dimension of the thoughts in the mind. And in this dimension, your thoughts could have manifestations. So uh, let's say that um, you go through a wound or a trauma, and because of that memory, that emotion, that thought came together in that world, and you start to feed it with your emotions and your thoughts through life, you're creating this being. Um, and this being could be um, a positive being, and it could be a negative being. Now, whatever type of being that these energies create seeks out the energies that created it. So if you have this being in the thought or mental sphere that you've been feeding fear to your entire life, this being will seek out others that give that same energy of fear. And this is, I think, where we get a lot of these stories of these entities from. They're created through um, our actual ability to manifest in these dimensions. And I know that there's more. I know there's, you know, you can say ghosts or, or demons or this and that, but there are many different things. And many people just lump them all together as one force or one thing. But I've, I'm seeing different. I'm seeing separation between these different things. Um, and these things, to sustain their life, they need energy. Just like everybody else, everything in creation needs to feed or have a source to rely on uh, to nurture whatever they are. So let's say you have these attachments or entities that are mental projections or manifestations of, let's say, uh, anger. Okay, this this being or entity um, is defined by the energy of anger. Well, what they will do, being attached to you, is whenever they're hungry, they will push your triggers. They will give you thoughts. They will put dreams. Uh, or manipulate dreams where you start to get very angry. And the more angry you get, the stronger these entities become. And then it becomes like the puppet show, who's really controlling who. Um, but it's also the same on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. If you are, you know, giving energy to peace and love and uh, compassion and these things, you are creating a beneficial energy as well. Um, so the whole aspect of this is we have to be responsible of how we think, how we feel, because we have to understand that anywhere you put your attention, that's where the energy is going to flow. So if you're just spending all day online looking at things that are, um, getting you worked up, you're actually feeding that energy, you're feeding those beings that are connected to those energy fields.
So we have to kind of choose where we want to give this. Now, just by being born in this world, you are placed in this type of fields and matrix of this collective consciousness. So we have the burden of the collective consciousness within us or connected to us. Um, and we pick it up from our friends and loved ones or even locations. We can pick these things up where we go. So um, when we start to awaken in that type of regard, we have to learn how to separate what is ours and what is not ours. What are we picking up and what comes from divine source within us? And that is where the true discernment comes from, where we have to kind of decide what we're going to feed and what we're going to starve. Um, and this is why also in native uh, or cultures around the world do fasting, because when you fast and go in solitude, what you're doing is you're weakening these attachments and the entities around you to a point where you can let go of them and become stronger. Um, man, so there's just so much just in this one little point that we have to understand because when um, we're presented with, let's say, an entity or something that's controlling our thoughts or our minds, we have to decide, are we going to give them that energy? Okay, that's the whole point because the moment you make that decision where you get the thought and instead of instantly reacting to it, getting emotional and acting out whatever that trigger was, that's like what they want to happen. Mm -hmm. So the moment you say, okay, I'm not feeding this. This is not me anymore. You're not my thoughts. You're not my energy. You know, I didn't ask for this and I'm not giving it. And you continue to do this. You're going to find that those thoughts and feelings will intensify <laughs> because it's like a fight. You know, they're, they're going to see how far they can push until you go into that trigger. Um, but then they'll just either leave you alone or be gone completely because they know that the, the food line is over for them. Resource is gone. Right. Oh, brilliant. You know, so, um, and, and what I would do, um, which was taught to me by um, this gentleman in, in Edmonton, uh, his name is Dennis Barnett. Um, he taught me to say this mantra, which is my favorite mantra, which was, you are not my thoughts, please leave now. And it's like, so whenever those weird things come to you, just out of nowhere, you get these weird thoughts or weird dreams. The second it happens, I know this is not me. This is something else. And I immediately put up that guard and say, you are not my thoughts. Please leave now. You are not my thoughts. Please leave now. And then by doing that, something changes in you. Really. It's like, you know how um, most people I know, their minds are just 
constantly, constantly running. It's like they can't even sleep. They're just minds are just taken over by thoughts. And people have to understand that a thought takes energy. The moment you think you're putting energy out, it's like a you're you're sending your fishing line out into the universe as a, mm -hmm. as a thought. It takes energy to think. So if your mind is all over the place, you're like trying to get water in you and you have all these holes. So mm. you'll never be fulfilled. You'll never feel whole when you have all these thoughts taking over your life. And by practicing and practicing, you are not my thoughts. Please leave now. And practicing the clear mind, like the Zen Buddhist meditations of just being present and just be here. Um, something happens where it's like a switch in your brain turns from one side to the other. And suddenly it's like, like it's like wind going through ear to ear. <laughs> and it's strange at first because is like, you keep saying there's nothing going on in, in your mind. Um, I remember growing up, if someone, if I was going to speak to somebody before I would speak to them, I, in my mind, I would practice what I'm going to say to them. It's almost like I was preparing myself what to speak and say. And there was this whole connection with the mind of, I'm going to say this, and this is going to happen. And then I would, um, in my mind, see what would happen if this happened and what if happened if this happened. So I would overthink everything. And once this kind of thing happened to me, it's like I said, like with these interviews, is um, I try not to prepare for anything. I don't, because um, there's nothing going on up here, which sounds weird, but I'm not thinking what I'm going to say and just saying it. You know, there's a very big difference. So it's like, as I'm speaking to you, my mind is completely clear, like flatlined. It's not going anywhere except speaking to you right here, right now. There's nothing else in the world. I love it. And I love it. Well, all interview interviewers take note, me included, or don't take note. Don't take <laughs> notes anymore. I'm being a bit facetious. Wow. Jason. Let's go back to where we started, where you started this explanation, this brilliant explanation, by the way. Thank you so much. One of the first things that you, I, I believe, were saying is that initially when we come into this earth, we come in with a lot of baggage, definitely. But as we are going through the process of thought, there's some point, it seems, where we are creating these beings we are creating literally it's been called thought forms they've been called tulpas i'm sure you've heard the term in ancient tibetan uh, buddhism the tulpa uh maybe even the shadow beings i've often asked the question you know how they say uh, oh he's afraid of his own shadow <laughs> could these entities that we consider to be external to us somehow be emanations from us that we're unaware of being fed continuously by our own consciousness to to sort of come back to us and 
forgive the term, huh? I'm oversimplifying, but I've always been interested in that question. And the way you first described this gave me that idea that somehow we have something to do with the entities that are feeding off of us. What do you think? No, I, I know that to be true. And what I'm going to say is, could be viewed as controversial, but this is literally what I've been dealing with for years and what I've learned from it. Uh, I was not expecting it, this to happen, because we've always been taught to fear these things. Um, and this is later in the game. Like I learned this later in the game. Um, these shadows, some, it's not all, some of these shadows are pieces of yourself that have been broken off through trauma. A piece of you has been shattered. Let's say in a trauma, memory, thought, emotion, whatever it is, this little seed has grown because it's been fed this energy and it becomes this kind of entity attachment or shadow. And when it comes to you, especially in the middle of the night, it's, uh, it's trying to get your attention. It's almost like a, a, a piece of you that you have ignored, pretended did not exist, or buried it deep within yourself to not look at this aspect of yourself. And this aspect of yourself is literally crying out to you to be integrated back within you because it is you and it is a part of you. It's a part of you that you have put aside. Um, so there are cases that I have experienced and it's not just one time it's happened. I could probably count 10, 20 times that this has happened where the shadow will, you know, just like the scary movies, you know, it'll climb up on top of you on bed and it's this really heavy weighted dark thing, you know, and instead of fighting it, I put my arm around it and embrace it in love. I swear this is what I do. And when I have it and I put it in that love, it comes back to me. And when that happens, it's almost like an euphoric explosion of energy that is indescribable. The power of and the beauty of the returning of this part of yourself. It's like this celebration. And like I said, this is only some cases because, you know, I've had, let's say, a very dark, large energy come into the room where it's like it takes your breath away. You feel crushed. You know, it's, 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 it's palpable how heavy this energy is. And sometimes it's, it's almost like this knowing 
of when to do what. And I don't know how I know it. It just, it's an automatic response. Um, but let's say that this is what happened for real. It's this being came and I just knew, even though it was extremely hard to deal with it because it was so heavy, I knew I had to send healing to it. So in my state, I'm sending healing and healing and healing and it won't leave. And I'm continually sending healing and healing and healing. And suddenly the shadow turned into somebody that I knew. And I saw them on the floor crying. And I realized that this was a trauma of a person I knew that's been crying for help, trying to get people's attention. And it's like, as I healed whatever that was, did that person change? And I think they did, you know, and it's not something I can say to that person mm -hmm. and tell them what happened. No need. But there's no need. It's just that. Um, so there's this weird thing because it looks like the shadow. It feels like the shadow, but there's this kind of inner knowing or discernment of what to do because, you know, there are some cases where these things come to you where you know it's like the the tulpa, right? You know it's like the hungry ghost where it's... Because um, I've seen entities that I'll, I could only describe as like literal mental illness. Like if that thing attached to you, you're not going to be well in the head, you know? And it's like when those things in some cases came to me, it's like instantly I knew I had to get rid of it and not with love, not with pulling it in, not with healing. It's like, I knew I had to kind of, I'll use the word destroy it, but do something to it, change yeah. it. What you did in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's not like one size fits all for everything. There's so many different things out there that have to be dealt with differently. And it's in, it's in knowing or an innate knowing of going through it so many times that you start to hone in on, uh, well, if this is happening, do this. If this type of being comes to you, do this. You know, because this is where the whole thing with tricksters come into place or, or entities or demons because it's frustrating because they've come to me as loved ones because they can change their form have come to me as deceased relatives no they weren't them they took the form of someone i loved they've come in uh forms that look like angels i've seen beings that look like shining glittering light like and that's what scares me the most is that you know if someone that doesn't understand what's going on to them and doesn't understand these worlds if they come in contact with a being like that, I'm afraid they'll start praying to it. Yeah, we've heard this before. Yes. And they don't understand that these things could take the form in an act of manipulation um, to get at you some way. They want something from you, whatever that is, I don't know, or the reasons, um, but you have to be very, very cautious with everything. 
And the only thing I could say is, you know, I was told from the beginning, treat everything exactly the same. Okay. As in, keep your composure, stay neutral, and just observe the situation. Don't let your beliefs or your mind get in the way of this is this and this is this. Okay, it's it's the only way. Because like like I said, these things can be very, very tricky. Very tricky. Very tricky. Not one uh, size fits all. My goodness. Jason, no. we're going to start to wind down. I can't believe close to an hour has gone by. But I, I want to ask you, thank you again and again. This is just, I know the journey years are going to find this so helpful. And yet this is such an individual journey. And through your example, uh, I, I dare say everyone just follow what your heart says, but take an active role in trying to meet out w- what's what's happening and how to deal with it. Speaking of which, I have an audience uh, question for you, if you if you don't mind. Of course. Um, this person says, "I absolutely have had beings interfere with my dreams, and mostly in astral, in the astral uh, plane, if you will." Shadow beings, as well as human-looking beings, they appear and feel as real as a phys- as physical beings. I have not been able to find much information on this phenomenon. Well, obviously, we've been talking about aspects of this uh, for the entire hour, but uh, anything in specific you you might say to this individual? Yes. Uh, um, when it comes to these things, there's always a reason. Okay, there's always something within us that draws us to these things. Um, for like the example I said before, is like if you're carrying a seed of anger, for example, then you're inviting something that likes that energy towards you. Um, the only way is to strengthen the energy field is what I've been taught, is to heal. And when I mean heal, I'm not talking about, you know, physical ailments here. I'm talking about a a spiritual or energetic healing um, where all of us, okay, this is with every single person, even gurus out there, okay, this is with every single person. We all carry, like you say, baggage. We all carry wounds, Uh, We carry things that trigger us. And that is like the anchor in us that these things could attach to. So instead of fighting the beings and saying, you know, you know, we could, we could fight the rest of our lives. All right. Every night we can fight an entity and get rid of it. And then the next night there's going to be another entity. Why? Because we haven't taken care of ourselves. We have to find those things within us that are anchoring that type of connection, Uh, be it a wound, a memory, a trauma, ancestry, lineage, you name it, the way you think, your emotions. Um, If we can heal that aspect of ourselves, then these things don't have an anchor. They have nothing to grab onto anymore. Um, So in my opinion, that is the greatest protection anybody can have 
because instead of putting up shields, you just become invisible. You know, because putting up shield, it's like, okay, well, you're vulnerable. You have to put up a shield, but you just become not vulnerable. Right. That could take a lifetime of work. Clearly. Yes. I, you know, not only is there not one size fits all, but uh, it's not going to happen in a, in a, in a vacuum. No, so but that, but that's the, but for me, that's the foundational concept of how we can move forward in this um, is to find a way to let go of it. Because when this started happening to me, it was like all the time. Like there was a couple of years of my life where it was like I was living in two worlds, you know, and now I'm like in the normal world. And then if something happens, I get pulled into that world, you know? So it's like, it's different. It's like the more you heal, the stronger you become physically and these things start to stop happening, you know? So I still have that connection to energy. I still have that connection to spirit in fact, it's stronger now than ever. But to be pulled out of my body or to go places or deal with entities, that has kind of gone right down. Okay. I was going to ask you, what would you say the last time you had an experience somewhat like this? When was the last time? Maybe a couple weeks ago. Oh. It's still, it's still common, but it's not like an everyday occurrence. You know, and when it does happen, it's very simple. It's only, let's say, like 10 seconds or, you know, it's, it's a very fast thing where you just come in contact, whatever happens, happens, and then you just go back to sleep. So it, for me, it's like it's very minimized at the moment. Okay. Yeah. You've done a lot of work, uh, my friend, at your young age. And I so I know that there's a a, a long ways to go, but you've come so far. And I... So hope for those of you listening that can relate on any aspect of this to uh, watch this interview again and again. As a matter of fact, we're not done yet. We're going to wind down for today, but we're coming back, everyone, for a part two next week. We're going to get more into and I, I really wanted to, to dedicate this full hour to just sort of laying the framework, laying the groundwork and laying the to the best of our ability that the, how it's this is happening and why it's happening. And then the next show, we're going to be going into ways to strengthen that energy field, to begin that healing through energy. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about Qigong, of which you know a little bit about, I'd say. So I invite you to come back the following week with my part two with Jason Quit. But in the meantime, we're, we're not done today yet because we're going you know where we're going we're going to the patreon after show. we're going next door doors open and we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects one of jason's favorite subjects and it's related we're going to be talking about crystals let me show you crystals there's my herkimer diamond everybody <sighs> crystals that we may be able to use not as a cure-all that's not what we're talking about. This conversation was way too deep to say, put this crystal under your bed or pillow and it's over. But we will be talking about how these beautiful conscious entities can help us on that journey, on our way, uh, as we're doing the work for ourselves. So that's what we're going to be talking about in the after show. So I do hope you'll join us. And it's a great way to support higher journeys. So 
on that, my friend, uh, I'm going to say goodbye. You don't go anywhere because we got another little gig to do. But Jason, thank you so much. And we're looking forward to part two next week. So make sure you stay close to higher journeys. Be sure to subscribe, please, because you know the deal. Subscribe, hit like, uh, notification bell, notification bell. And I'm told that some folks aren't getting the notifications, but take a chance, hit the notification bell. So you make sure if you get the the message uh, when we've uploaded our part two with Jason quit. In the meantime, thank you, sir. And thank you everyone for joining us for this really, really heavy, really important conversation on higher journeys. We love you all. Talk to you soon.